seducing spirits. Wow, what is that? It happens every day. It's all around you. Doctrines of demons, what is that? It happens every day. And people that you know are buying into doctrines of demons and they're justifying it. Don't justify what is not of God. Deceiving spirits are seducing spirits with the intent to lead God's people to stray into doctrines of devils, which are things that demons teach. Doctrines of devils, doctrines of demons, things that demons teach. Let every ear be attentive to this word tonight. But the Christian life is often likened unto a race. In Hebrews 12.1, it says, we are told to lay aside anything that hinders our progress, particularly every form of sin. Lay aside. To lay aside means to cast off and to put away. Okay, to lay aside, cast it off, to put it away, to stop doing something, to remove it, completely remove it. Right. If there was ever a day to walk in greater levels of discernment, that would be now, church. That would be now. You must know the strategic season that you are in. We need to know what's happening so we can stand strong so that we don't become seduced and deceived, right? So it says know the time. So to know, number one, is to see or to perceive with your eyes. But that's just one level. When you know, you perceive and you see with your eyes. But that's just one level. Say it's only one level and it's not the fullness of that word. It is not the fullness of that word. Another definition and the fullness of that word is to understand. To know is to understand the force or the meaning behind something or to discern the nature of something. Say, so when I know something, I'm going to discern the nature of something. This is exactly what the enemy does not want you to be able to do. He doesn't want you to discern the nature of something. He wants you to know superficially. He wants you to know whatever has been spoken, what he wants you to hear about what is good, what is right, what is, what is right, what is wrong. He wants you to know. Are, are we following along? Is, is this making sense? Okay, because it's important that we know be able to discern, not just know, see with our eyes. Okay. So awake is to awaken from sleep, from a state of non-existence. How many Christians do you know are pretty much in a state of non-existence? Oh, they're there. Oh, they may go to church and they carry their Bibles and they may shout praise God every once in a while if you really get them on a good day, but they're asleep in the spirit. They're asleep. It's like a non-existence, just a shell. So we need to realize, I'm going to walk awake. I'm going to walk in the power of God. I'm not going to allow a deceiving spirit, a doctrine of demons, to enter into my thoughts, my life. Uh, I'm not going to just know superficially. I'm going to know the motive behind things. I'm going to understand the intent. Lord, teach me. Lord, teach me. That should be our prayer. Lord, teach me. Lord, show me. You should be questioning things. You should be questioning. We all should be questioning things. We shouldn't just be taking everything and saying, well, they say it, they do it, it's okay. Question. Question things. And ask the Lord to teach you. 
In 1 Timothy 4.1, it says this. It says, it speaks of the latter days. But the latter days are now. Latter days are right now. We are living in the latter days. You say, what, what's the latter days? It, it, latter days refers to the period of time um, between the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ. The latter days is now. Jesus is going to return. But he says, I'm pouring out my spirit on all flesh. This is the latter days. He's pouring out his spirit, right? He's pouring out his spirit on his sons and daughters, on all flesh. We are living in the end times, and we are living in the latter days. So we've established that part. But look at what's going to happen in the latter days, which means now. We've already established it's now. Look at what, happened, what will happen for some. It says that now the spirit earnestly, or I'm sorry, expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed, in other words, listening, to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Some will depart from the faith in the latter days, in the end times. In other words, they're going to start listening to the enemy, and they're going to part from the essential doctrines of Christianity. There are essential doctrines of Christianity. And in the last days, some will start making excuses and start to walk a muddied walk, a walk of mixture, because many people are doing it even in the church. And people are too afraid to speak up because they don't want people to leave their church. Well, I don't operate like that. I don't operate like that. I'm not here for, for a fan club. I'm not here for a fan club. I'm here because I'm on assignment. God has called me to this position to do what I'm doing, and I'm not doing what I'm doing so that I can get likes. I'm doing what I'm doing because God's called me to do this. I'm doing what I'm doing because he said, will you go for me? Will you go? Will you be my mouthpiece? And I said, yes, yes, in fear and trembling many years ago. But any person that you will listen to, any, any minister of the gospel, if it's just always a tickling of the ears, if it's always just good, and it's no one, you're never challenged. If you're never challenged, if sin is never mentioned, if falling away, doctrines of demons, what is she talking about? It's all in the word of God. If you're not hearing this, and they're just hearing a prosperity only, like, hey, I believe in prosperity, you know that. But, but if you're not hearing the fullness of the gospel, you're not hearing the fullness of the gospel. That's not the gospel then. That's actually not the gospel. So church of God, we have to be willing to say, Lord, if there's something I'm doing in my life that is not of God, I want to know. I want to know. Amen. I want to know. Spirit of the living God, show me. I want to know what's wrong. If there's anything at all, if there's any compromise, if there's any subtleties of the enemy. I mean, it's everywhere out there right now, right? We know this. I can start listing off things if you need me to, but I think we kind of all know enough to know there's a lot of compromise in the church. I'm not talking about outside of the church. I'm talking about in the churches. I'm talking about in the church, and I'm even talking about in leadership in the church, even in the pulpit, which is horrendous, and some people just need to step down and sit down and go get help because you're polluting a lot of people. And, and their blood will be on our hands. If I don't walk the walk that I am presenting you, 
your blood would be on my hands. And I am not going to have your blood on my hands when I'm before the Lord. In other words, I'm, I love you too much to not speak up and confront when that's necessary. Who wants their sword sharpened? Like the world is constantly trying to dull us. But we need to always be willing to hear the word, even if it's a harder word, because it's going to sharpen us. And as it sharpens us, we realize, okay, a dull sword is useless. It does nothing. But a sharpened sword is going to destroy those Goliaths in your life. A sharpened sword. And the sword is sharpened as we hear the truth. And as we hear the truth, the truth makes us free. I've taught you before, it's not just the truth that makes you free, but it says you shall know the truth. And then when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. It's not just the truth makes you free. How? Like magically, like just somehow, like in your dream or something? No, you shall know the truth in your inner man. And so that's why it's really important that we bring the, the full gospel. And that is what we do here because I, I'm accountable for the Lord and you wouldn't want it any other way. So 1 Timothy 4.1, now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter days, latter times, some will depart from the faith. Means they chose to leave. Let's get this one thing very clear. Jesus will never leave you. He will never forsake you. I believe that I am fully saved, and I believe I have, I have a surety of my salvation. I'm not wondering or questioning, gee, am I going to, you know, fall from grace, and I'm not going to make it to heaven one day, or, you know. I have full assurance that when I said yes to Jesus, I said yes, and he is not going to allow anybody to be snatched me out of his hand, right? He, I'm, I'm in his hand. I'm in his hand. If you said yes to Jesus, you are with him. You're in his hand. You, you can have a surety of your salvation. But I also do not believe that just because you said yes to Jesus one day and now you can live however you want to live and you're always going to be saved because once saved, always saved. That is not the true gospel. Once saved, always saved is not true. You can lose your salvation. Yeah, maybe not overnight. But you can, oh, we got real quiet in this church. You're like, oh, really? I thought you had. There is enough scripture evidence to actually prove both, both points, both sides of the story. So which one are you going to defer with? Are you going to be like, well, I'm saved so I can live however I want. And it doesn't matter because I'll, I'll just go to heaven because I'm saved. I said yes to Jesus. No, because the Bible says, if you do, and then it starts listing all these things. It says, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Had nothing to do with, but if you made a confession of faith one day, then that's your exclusion. You're, you have this, this is the clause. Right here in this passage, it says, now the Spirit expressly says in the end, someday, some will, will give heed. They're going to depart from the faith. That means if they're departing from the faith, they were once in it. Let it all sink in right now. If they're going to depart from the faith, they were once in it. They were once in the faith. They once believed. But they chose to walk away. Jesus will never leave you. He will never leave you and he will never forsake you. But they chose to walk away. Now, even those that chose to walk away, we know 
that the Lord is always ready to receive you back. There's no, well, sorry, you, you know, made your choice. That's not God. Though a righteous man may fall seven times, seven times, get back up, get back up. Often I'm asked this question, do you believe once saved, always saved, or do you believe that you can lose your salvation? And I honestly, I have to go through this whole thing, but then here's the, so where do I, where do I, how do I live? I live like this. Instead of being focused on one or the other, but I already told you what I believe the word says and what my conviction is. And I also believe you can make a scriptural reference for both points, both sides of the story. But the bottom line is this, are you willing to walk and abide with Christ? Because if you abide in the vine, if you just every day say, I'm going to abide in the vine. Today I'm going to abide. Tomorrow I'm abiding. See, what happens is you become so lovesick for Jesus that the thought of even, it's like a joke. The thought of even like walking away or losing yourself. Are you kidding? Like you're so, you're too far gone. You're lost in him. You're literally wrecked and ruined for Jesus. There, it's just, you're too far gone as long as you abide in the vine. So he, he is distinctly and clearly speaking to us, forbidding of any tolerance of a doctrine of demons. A doctrine of demons would be a, a place of compromise. A place of compromise. Because deceiving spirits are seducing spirits. This is not just sexual. A seducing spirit is not just sexual. It can be. It's not just sexual. Deceiving spirits are seducing spirits. I'm going to say it again. Deceiving spirits are seducing spirits. They're going to seduce you to do what they wanted you to do the whole time. To seduce you with the intent to lead God's people to stray into doctrines of devils. Once again, reread it. First Timothy 4 1. Our salvation and our walk, we have to we have to guard it. We need to we need to foster it. We need to take care of it. We need to take it seriously. Like Salvation is a beautiful thing, church, but it's something that you should really be considering and saying, am I really walking in such a pleasing way to the Lord or am I deceived? No compromise. If there's curse words coming out of your mouth, you know, one minute and then you're praising God and the next minute you're walking in compromise. I don't care what the curse word is. Let no un unwholesome thing come out of your mouth. I'm calling you guys on the carpet. If there's anybody in here that gets mad and just starts to go at the mouth, stop and repent and realize that is not of God. And not only that, not only is it not of God, but the, the enemy loves when you do stuff like that. You're feeding him. You're literally feeding the enemy what he wants so that he can continue to entice you, to seduce you, to do more. And then what happens when you do more? 
Well, deception starts to creep in, and a veil starts to come over eyes. How many of you guys have met somebody, and like I said before, Christian, and there was a day where they were on fire, but now you look at them, and there's just this dullness. And you're kind of looking at them like, hey, are you there? Like, hello? But there's a dullness. Sorrow, sadness, no emotion, numb. You guys, I'm talking, what I'm talking about tonight is very serious and it's something we need to all examine our lives. God has entrusted me and this church with a lot. He's entrusted us with a lot. Look at what, look at what happens when we get together. Blind eyes are opening and deaf ears are opening. Look at what happens when we get together. All to the glory of God, yes. But he's entrusted us with people that hear and they come because they know there's the power of God to be healed and set free there. Don't you think for one minute that the enemy doesn't also see that and wants to muddy the waters? and bring in deception, and bring in seducing spirits. That's his agenda. It's not going to happen as long as we each stay at our post, as long as we each examine ourselves. And, that's that. and to me, this is just really an important topic. Because Satan knows how to manipulate people. He does. He knows how to. He's the father of lies, and no truth lies within him. But when we know the word of God on a subject, then any, any deviation from that teaching will send up a red flag. It's like even when you hear a, 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 a doctrine of demons, I'm calling it that because that is what it is. You're going to know the truth. You're going to be like, no, that's not okay. I'm sorry. You know, um, you know you, you, some, some churches will, will literally say, well, because we want to love all people, so therefore, if they're walking in a homosexual lifestyle, because we want to show love, we're going to go ahead and, and let them be in the pulpit and preach the word, because they have a gift. They know the word. They were raised in a Christian home, and they were raised in a Christian home, and they have a gift to preach. They should not be preaching the word of God. They need to be getting delivered. They need to be in church. Don't get me wrong. They need to be in church, and we need to love them, absolutely. We need to love them, we need to embrace them, but they need to get healed and they need to get set free because homosexuality is a demon. It is a devil. Addiction to drugs is a demon. It is a devil. Any form of addiction, it is a demon. It is a devil. And when someone starts to tell you, well, we need to love and so we need to you know, allow them to serve and allow them to be in a place of leadership, that is, um, no. That's a doctrine of demons right there. That's a seducing spirit right there. That's that little bit of, you know, well, there's a little truth. What's the truth? Oh, we're to love. Just because you're called to love doesn't mean that you check your brain out at the door and you use zero, zero wisdom and discernment. How about the spirits that are being released through that individual and literally plaguing people? Literally just seducing like a blanket over people. 
Here's the litmus test. Whenever you are with somebody, I mean, you are, I am, there's many times, you know, and you know, okay, their, their walk, their life, right, is not pure. Whether they're a believer or not, they're not walking purely with God. It could be anything. Um, and you're with them, and you leave, and you feel different. You feel heavy. You just feel kind of yuck. You just can't seem to get yourself kind of going like they used to. You're just kind of stagnant. You're a little lethargic. Does anybody know what I'm talking about in this room? Yeah. yeah? I know because this, this happens, you know. And if it's somebody that you love, let's just say, let's go a step further. It's somebody you love, somebody you know very well, and you love this individual. You know them very well. Then you're around them for a little bit, right? And you leave and you feel slimed. And you feel like, yeah, down, heavy, hearted. And maybe you're even finding it hard to get into your routine again. Just for a second, you're not in sin. I'm not saying you're, I'm just saying this. What is that? What they carry just slimed you. The oppression and all the negativity, the sin, whatever it is that they're walking in is trying to deceive you, trying to slime you. You're not in sin, but it's a deception. It's a heaviness. And then you have to work extra hard to get that junk off of you. You have to work extra hard to say, get out of here in the name of Jesus. I command that spirit to go. You need to separate so ungodly soul ties. If you don't already do that, do that. Start. Un separate ungodly soul ties. When you're with people that are not walking fully with the Lord and you feel kind of slimed, or start to discern how you feel when you leave a situation. If something is not correct or right, if it's not fully the peace and the love of God, there is something you need to do. You need to separate that. You need to get rid of that. You need to take authority over that, right? So I'm saying this to show you that some are going to leave the faith. They're literally going to walk out of the faith because they're listening to doctrines of demons. And so, and you know some of them because when you're around them, because they're starting to drink the Kool-Aid and they've bought into the lie and you leave and you feel slimed. So, and I see a lot of you shaking your heads. So this is all true. And you know, here's the thing. The more that you come to a church like this and the more that your spiritual eyes are open, but not just your spiritual eyes, your spirit is being so awakened and supercharged with the glory of God. The more that that happens, the more that you see this all around you, and the more that you just become radical, you're like, oh no, this has to come off right now, because it's so night and day. It's so night and day. Like maybe before it wasn't night and day. It kind of took a week or two to even realize what happened to you. Now you're, you're around somebody, and the minute you leave, you're like, oh shit, about that thing has come off of me now. I love them, but oh no, I'm not going to have that weight of oppression on me. It's a weight of oppression. I'm trying to make this real plain. I'm trying to make this as simple as I can. Because people go, oh, seducing spirits. Wow, what is that? It happens every day. It's all around you. Doctrines of demons, what is that? It happens every day. And people that you know are buying into doctrines of demons. And they're justifying it. Don't justify what is not of God. Amen. In Ezekiel 28 and in verse 12, it starts in verse 12, but it's talking about Lucifer, that he was created, first of all, he's created angel, created um, and anointed, 
and full of wisdom and perfect in beauty until iniquity, iniquity was found in him. Look at verse 12. It says, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Okay? Full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. Jump over to verse 15. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created. From the day you were created until iniquity was found in you. Jump up to verse 14. You were the anointed cherub who covers. His job was to cover. He was anointed to cover. And what does he do? Expose. Points the finger, accuses, ridicules, and leads to death. But what was his job? To cover. He was beautiful and full of wisdom until, until iniquity was found in him. He was created beautiful, so beautiful. And here we're talking about the created angel, Lucifer, that when, he, when iniquity was found in him and he was cast out of heaven and he took the third of the angels with him, he's constantly working against the will of God, trying to deceive the lives of people if possible, the elect, the elect if possible. So he was created, he was full of wisdom, and he was beautiful, and his job was to cover. He was full of wisdom, but he fell. He was full of wisdom, yet he still fell. Some of you are starting to get the revelation of what I'm trying to, I'm trying to drive home here tonight. He was full of wisdom. Don't give me, I know the word, I went to Bible college. Oh, I know the word, and I, you know, I've got wisdom. I've got discernment. Discernment is my gift. Don't give me that. You may have discernment, and I hope you do, and I pray you do, and I pray it continues to increase. But he was full of wisdom and beauty, and his job was to cover, but yet he fell. He fell, it says, until, until iniquity was found. In him. And we're talking about an angel here. We're talking about a cherub, an angel. The most beautiful angel at one point in time. 